<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. So we've got a number one deluxe meal. Is there anything else I can get you? Yeah, I'd also like a good night's sleep. Maybe something like the I didn't struggle all night with my uncomfortable CPAP mask. Sir, I think what you're looking for is Inspire. It's an implant that works inside your body to treat sleep apnea without a CPAP. Come on. He sounds angry. Inspire, sleep apnea innovation. Inspire is not for everyone. Talk to your doctor to see if it's right for you. And review important safety information at InspireSleep.com. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Thursday, June 22nd, 2023. It's about four o'clock in the afternoon here on the East Coast of the United States. Lieutenant Colonel Daniel Davis will be with us in just a moment. Why is it that most Americans really think the Ukraine offensive is prevailing? Ah, because the government lies right after this. When it comes to carrying valuables or even firearms in your vehicle, most people feel they have to choose between safety and convenience. A vehicle break-in occurs every 36 seconds in America. The Headrest Safe gives you the power to store cash, jewelry, medication, and yes, even your concealed carry firearm. You'll never have to worry about taking your valuables with you again. Keep them safe with the Headrest Safe. Use promo code JUDGENAP and enjoy $50 off for a limited time at theheadrestsafe.com. Colonel, welcome here. Thank you very much uh, for your time. Uh, you're, you're so much appreciated by our audience uh, and by me. Uh, why, why does there seem to be almost a, a campaign of deception uh, by uh, American retired military personnel, official American military government spokespersons, uh, and even the media to delude the public into believing uh, that somehow uh, Ukraine is going to prevail in its offensive to push the Russians entirely out of Ukraine. And even if you listen to one of your former colleagues, General Hodges, out of Crimea. Well, you know, this is actually just the perpetuation of a long-standing performance, if you will, Uh, because, I mean, I railed against this for a decade during the Iraq and Iran wars. Uh, You know, I was quite vocal about uh, a lot of the deception and the lies that were being told during the Afghanistan campaign all the way up through to the end and including by the architects of this thing in the aftermath, trying to explain it away. Uh, still always avoiding any culpability for the disaster that they performed. And now you see the same thing continue to go on without pause. P- 
people are talking about at our government level in, the, in some of the media and in, in among some of the retired uh, air uh, generals that this is the way we want it to be. This is the outcome we prefer. It's called information operations. You want to carve the target audience into thinking the way that you want them to. But the problem is with that, it's, it's one thing to have a narrative. It's a second thing to actually say this is black when it's actually white. And that's where we are. And I don't know, it seems like we just can't escape it. And we keep doing the same things over and over, especially in cases, as we talked about the last time we were together, when it's patently obvious that the things that they're claiming are simply not true, and yet they stick to it. It's uh, it's really disturbing. Here's General Petraeus. I know you've seen it, and the public has seen it, but I want it to get under your skin. You're such a gentleman, but I'd like it to get <laughs> under your skin a little bit, Colonel. Uh, General Petraeus, this is about two and a half weeks ago on June 6th, uh, basically saying the Ukrainians have what the Ukrainians have what they need. The Russians don't have uh, what they need. And the Ukrainians are going to uh, going to prevail. Take a listen. I think that the Ukrainians are very much ready for this. They'll be very distinctive because they will be using, employing Western tanks, Western infantry fighting vehicles in large measure for the first time in this war, certainly in this number. I think the Russians will prove to be more brittle than the expectation is. Keep in mind, these units have been in combat for over a year, many of them. They have not been pulled offline to reconstitute by being having forces replaced, equipment replaced and repaired, and then doing training before they go back. They just get individual replacements to fill the gap. They're not well-trained. They're not well-equipped. They're not well-led. And I think that these Ukrainian forces, which are well-trained, are well-equipped, are going to break through. And then you might see a real dynamism to the battlefield that could give real opportunities to the Ukrainians to exploit. Where does he get this from? Colonel? Wow, a, a real dynamism. This right. And, and, and right Ukrainians are well-tread, well-led, well-equipped. Okay, even their president doesn't agree with that. And the Russians are not well-trained, not well-equipped, and not well-led? Yeah, look, Judge, that, that is just factually inaccurate on almost every count that he, he lists off there. Uh, I mean, the Russians the, the Russians that are on the front line haven't been in constant combat for a year. They have been rotated off. They have been getting training. And it's, it's abundantly clear. And it's even covered in some of the mainstream media about, uh, you know, the New York Times, Washington Post, uh, the, some of the London papers. They're talking about how they are learning and they're improving and they've been training and they're getting much, much better. I mean, it's self-evident on the ground, but again, he keeps actually acting like they're just terrible and they're going to get rolled over. Uh, and then that the Ukraine side, which is, is really even stranger, that he's basically suggesting that after a, a few weeks or in some cases a few months of training, that somehow they're going to be performing like NATO trained troops would, uh, who have been, you know, uh, careers or, or many years training is just bizarre. I mean, there's no better way to put it than that. And now that you're seeing on the battlefield play out that what he said was nonsense because none of those things he said is coming to pass. How far east have the Ukrainians moved, if at all, since they started their offensive three weeks ago, Colonel? They, they had, they had uh, dug about seven kilometers deep into the Russian security zone, which is before the first main belt. Uh, after I believe it's 18 days, uh, today was the 18th day, and and literally just hours ago, they actually made a, their first first push that reached the first belt of the Russian defense. Uh, but it was uh, a bloody uh, disaster. They they tried to do it at night. They 
they were actually unloading large numbers of infantrymen in trucks and pickup trucks because so many of their armored vehicles are getting burned and they're trying to infiltrate them in. Well, that will get them up to the front line. But the problem is now that they're exposed and they are just getting slaughtered in large numbers. And uh, even though they made it to the front line, they have still not penetrated it anywhere. And Russia brought in its aviation as expected and just crushed that leading element and they have pushed them back to where they started from today. So it's it's not far at all. You said they haven't reached the third third belt. So there are three belts of uh, defenses and the Ukrainians haven't even gotten, I may have misspoken when I said third, they haven't even gotten to the first one yet. That's correct. There's at least three, some areas there's five in, in some of the more critical areas that Russia deems to, of uh, significant importance. Uh, they've got five and we're talking 20, 30 kilometers in depth. Uh, and they just now in one place on the front reached the first one. Uh, and they haven't penetrated it yet. So, and that's that's after only three weeks. And historically speaking, if you can't even break through one layer of the enemy's defense after all that, and of course they started off with their elite 47th uh, mechanized brigade, uh, which had all the NATO kit, all the NATO training, and was just hit into a buzzsaw, didn't gain anything. That really tells you that uh, there's not much chance for them to even penetrate much further in there, and before they start losing even all their striking power. I want to raise your blood pressure again, uh, Colonel. Forgive me. Uh, this is General Ben Hodges, retired four-star, former commander-in-chief uh, of all American forces uh, in Europe. And what he says to me is just incredible, but I'm not a military guy. I want you to comment on it. Take a listen, please. Ukraine needs long-range precision weapons, and, and I'm, very, I'm very frustrated that the, my, our administration has so far refused to provide the ATACMs and uh, other long-range precision weapons, which would uh, help Ukraine hit Russian targets in Crimea. Because at the end of the day, Crimea is the decisive terrain. As long as Russia occupies Crimea, Ukraine will never be safe and Ukraine will never be able to rebuild its economy. So Crimea is the decisive terrain. And if the U.S. would provide these long-range weapons to Ukraine, then the Russians would have to begin to leave Crimea. I got to editorialize. It's inconceivable to me any circumstances under which the Russians would leave Crimea. Well, they're they're not going to. And and it's, I mean, something close to, again, sorry for the same word, bizarre, that this person who's supposed to have been so much experienced in combined arms operations and maneuver warfare thinks that just the acquisition of long-range missiles is somehow going to change the dynamic. And look, you don't have to look any further than the Ukraine side to know that this is nonsense also, because Russia has been, I mean, since for the last couple of months, and mostly for this year, almost every other day have been launching large numbers of missiles all over the Ukrainian uh, territory. And it's, it's damaging, it's limiting their ability, but obviously they're conducting an offensive. That will harm them. It in no way, shape, or form would change the dynamics and make Russia leave Ukraine. That's nonsense. It's absurd to even suggest. So, Colonel Davis, what, what what's the big picture here? We have two retired four-star generals, one who also ran the CIA, and that one is an international reputation. I, I didn't know of General Hodges uh, that much, but these are very, very high-ranking guys who achieved literally, absent wartime, the height of their um, um, military stature, four stars. 
are is there wiggle room here? Is there a, a rational basis for what they say, or are they just plain by every fair, honest, objective standard wrong? I mean, I can't come to any conclusion other than that they are wrong and, and demonstrably so. And that's that's what is, is, should really be you know, starkly clear. Not forget about all the stuff that, about the, the Afghan war, which was also very clear. Uh, this you can't get any more clear than this. Almost everything that they have said, especially in relation to this offensive operation, of Ukraine side, it's just clearly not even working. But when you see that Ukraine has not, in all 16 months of this war, actually pushed Russia out of any place that it's decided to stop and fight, with the one exception of the Kherson uh, operation in last September, where they caught Russia with their pants down. But everywhere that Russia stopped and is ready to fight, Ukraine has not succeeded anywhere to push them back. And now you want to say that you're going to suddenly penetrate 80 kilometers of the best defenses that really have been built since World War II on anywhere on the planet. Uh, it just boggles the mind how you think that they can do that when they don't have air superiority, they don't have air defense, and they have an inferiority in artillery rounds. How can anyone make that case? I just don't get it. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, the Pentagon spokesperson, uh, at least for me, a new Pentagon spokesperson, a PhD in, well, whatever, I don't know, Colonel, uh, Davis uh, will tell you. Where do you hear what she has to say? Makes the two generals seem like uh, they're holding back right after this. Oh boy. The headrest safe is quick and easy to use. Some may even call it a game changer. The headrest safe acts as a safety net, protecting your belongings while keeping them out of sight and out of bounds of others, serving as security while also keeping your valuables in bounds. That's what the headrest safe provides for me. Game, set, match. Before we get to uh, Dr. Singh, the, uh, uh, at least to me, relatively new spokesperson for the uh, Defense Department, I think that General, you're still with us, Colonel Davis. There you go. We lost you for a second. These things happen. Uh, before we get to Dr. Singh, I think that um, uh, General Milley recently uh, acknowledged that the Russians have several hundred thousand troops to defend eastern Ukraine. How many troops, as best you know from public sources or your uh, sources, does Ukraine have? Well, Ukraine has uh, somewhere, depending on who you want to listen to, somewhere around 700,000 active duty troops. But those are scattered throughout the entire country. I mean, they have to defend everywhere along the entire thousand kilometer front line. They have to defend Kiev. They have to defend all the way on the western border. Uh, also, it gets any penetration that Russia may come in from Belarus if they come back that direction again. Uh, so they, they're mainly on the defense. For this offensive operation, though, they have... Uh, at least according to General Hodges, they uh, allocated about 12 combat brigades, uh, some say 20 combat brigades, and that's about 30 to 50,000, depending on how that goes. So at best, it's 50,000 from the, before they started, and certainly it's so, a lot less than that now. So here we go again. You've told us, uh, uh, Colonel Schaefer has told us, Colonel McGregor has told us, even the intelligence guys have told us, you want to win an offensive, you got to be at least two and probably three to one. 
that is the advantage of the of the uh, team conducting the offensive. Not only are the Ukrainians not two or three to one, it's about one to ten. Them the one and the Russians the ten. That tells me that the offensive is not uh, driven by military uh, necessity or even acceptability. It's driven by politics. Well, look, uh, according to what we've been able to piece together from public sources, Ukraine's uh, offensive last November, which was led by Zaluzhny, uh, got between eight to ten to one advantage over the Russians in that northern part. And that's why they had success at that point. Zaluzhny recognizes the deficiencies he's got now, and he recommended against this offensive to wait until maybe the fall when they had more air power and possibly longer range missiles. They didn't listen to him, and it appears that they made a political decision and found a general that was willing to try to do it. And the, the results are, are just fundamental, and, and really, they almost couldn't be any other way than what we've seen so far. Here's uh, Dr. Singh, as promised, the relatively new uh, Defense Department spokesperson with the DOD's take on the likely um, uh, support that Ukraine has, equipment that Ukraine has, and uh, the likely outcome of this offensive. I think our assessments have been pretty um, clear from the beginning. I think, you know, we, we know, as you continue to see the fight, that it continued to move to the east, it's become more of a grinding battle um, every day. Um, you saw that in Bakhmut. Uh, the Ukrainians can speak to their operations and, and, um, and more to the, the day-to-day on what's happening on the ground, but we know this is going to be a hard fight. Uh, we know this is going to take time, and um, we are confident that the Ukrainians have what they need. Um, they have the combat power. Uh, they have the ability um, to be successful in their in their counteroffensive operations. We see them launching both defensive and offensive operations right now. Um, but I would let them speak to to more of that. Colonel, does Ukraine have the combat power to defeat an overwhelming Russian force? Uh, no, Judge, they don't. And I'm pretty sure that on some of your episodes here before this offensive started, we pointedly said that they didn't have that. And really, you just laid it out right before this this clip where about, you know, they're going in trying to a one against 10. That's just in no accounting. Can that be a superiority and enough combat power? Why does the press just uncritically, almost as if they were indifferent to the truth, accept the type of statements uh, that Dr. Singh just made without challenging her or doing their own uh, independent research. I mean, it is insane, I would think. Well, part to say of that, I, to say the Ukrainians yeah. have adequate combat power. Yeah, and that they're going to succeed and that we're confident of success. That, right. that is troubling to me because she was saying that, but she's just echoing what the other senior leaders of the Defense Department have said. General, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Secretary Allen has said nearly the same thing on a number of occasions uh, about the Ukraine side as well, that they're confident of success, et cetera. Uh, but that that really exposes, Judge, one of two problematic issues. And I don't know which one's worse. One is they actually don't know what they're talking about, and they actually believe what they're saying, and they think that, wow, because we gave them NATO tanks, they're going to have NATO capacity. I don't know if that's the truth or if they're just, again, trying to say, hey, this is what we want to be true. So we're going to say it. Maybe it'll become so oblivious to what's actually happening. But if it's the first one, Judge, 
That's troubling because if they think that this is actually going to work, these are the same people who are going to be in charge of our national defense. If God willing, uh, God forbid, we should ever have to fight, you know, a major war against Russia, mm-hmm. against China, North Korea, whoever. We don't want people that have that kind of knowledge and belief to be in charge of our people if that's what they think is going to succeed. This is terrifying. I mean, if Joe Biden gets reelected, who will be the Secretary of State? Victoria Nuland? Ay, ay, ay. Um, I'm not sure where uh, where this takes us, but I want you to watch uh, a statement President uh, Zelensky made uh, just two days ago. I think this is terrifying. He's warning that the Ukrainian nuclear plant will be destroyed by the Russians. There's, in my view, no basis for that, but I'll let you uh, comment on it. And I wonder if this is sort of false flag. I mean, he wants to set the blame first, but I'll, I'll let you. I don't want to attribute the worst motivations to him. He's in a terrible uh, situation. You don't know whether to believe him or not. But anyway, here's what he said. I'll read the uh, subtitles for the benefit of our uh, colleagues that are uh, uh, getting the show on audio only. Now, concerning the Zaporizhia plant, I remind those who have forgotten. This is the largest nuclear power plant in Europe, everywhere in the world. IAEA, all countries, all leaders know what's happening here. Russia uses the nuclear power plant as an element in its aggression. It occupies the plant. It uses it to cover the shelling of neighboring troops. It keeps weapons and troops there. Now, our intelligence has received information that Russia is considering a scenario of a terrorist attack at the nuclear power plant a terrorist attack with radiation leakage. They have prepared everything for this. Unfortunately, I've repeatedly said, I've repeatedly had to remind that radiation has no state borders and uh, who it will hit is determined only by the wind direction. We share all available information with our partners, everyone in the world, all the evidence, Europe, America, China, Brazil, India, the Arab world, Africa, all countries, absolutely everyone should know this. International organizations, absolutely everyone. There should never be any terrorist attacks on nuclear power plants anywhere. This time it should not be like with Kahovka. The world has been warned, so the world can and must act. Glory to Ukraine. Well, look, Judge, I mean, you, like anything that ever happens, I mean, probably nobody could, knows this better than you is all, all the, the uh, courtroom drama that you've ever seen over your entire career. You always got to look at who, what's the motivation of the person alleged to do something here. And Russia has everything to lose by such a thing. I mean, that, number, they're trying to capture this territory for Russians and, and try to make it part of the Russian Federation. What possible sense does it make to cause a nuclear disaster like Chernobyl, when it's going to contaminate all the territory they're trying to fight over right now. And the other thing is they possess it right now, as Zelensky oddly did concede. Why would they set something like that when they already have possession of it? The the concern I have is that I don't know if Zelensky is just doing it to try to scare people and and trying to scare people in all these countries that he mentioned to try and support uh, his side better because they're afraid of what might happen. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know if he's trying to set up a false flag. I, it's, it's always a dicey game, and I don't have enough information to say that. All I can say is that it's, it's just inconceivable that Russia would do it because they would lose everything and gain nothing. 
Wow. And of course, if the Ukrainians did it, it would terrify the West. And I guess his hope would be that NATO forces would directly enter the conflict, something he's been lobbying for for a year and a half now. He has. Well, that's, we'll uh, see that's the last thing we need to do. The worst yeah, thing how, in America is to be joined on that. How do you think this ends? Your colleague, uh, Colonel uh, McGregor, emailed me and said he thinks it ends when a uh, Ukrainian commander surrenders to a Russian commander because there'll be no Ukrainian government left to surrender. They'll either be dead or gone. I, I certainly hope it doesn't come to that uh, because that the, the, the loss of life and the devastation would be so much more than what we've even experienced so far. And I grieve badly for the Ukrainian people and all the soldiers that are having to fight a losing battle like this. In the, the piece that I wrote for 1945 that you cited earlier, I recommended that the Ukrainians to stop the offensive and go on the defensive now and start building uh, more combat power and more defensive positions to keep that very thing from happening. But if they keep going, then I'm afraid that they, they're not going to have a defensive position and the risk is going to be that Russia then now comes in, conquers much more territory, and then they end up dictating terms of negotiated surrender. Colonel Daniel Davis, always a pleasure, my dear friend. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, Judge. If you uh, like what you saw, and I suspect you did, like, subscribe, and tell a friend. Tomorrow, Friday, Jack Devine, the guys you love to hate, followed by Colonel McGregor, one right after the other. Jack at uh, 1.30 p.m. Eastern, Colonel McGregor at 2.30 p.m. Eastern. Or as we get it, Judge Napolitano for Judging Freedom. You want to feel safe in your vehicle. With access to your firearm that's both secure and convenient, the Headrest Safe keeps your firearm where you can access it and no one else can. It starts at theheadrestsafe.com.